This is the iRacers Lounge, featuring the latest iRacing news, driver interviews, race reviews, opinions, discussions, rumors, and more. Now here's Alan Fajari and Mike Ellis. Welcome to iRacers Lounge, a show where we discuss everything iRacing in a group casual setting. I'm Alan Pajari. With me is Mike Ellis, hey. Carlos, Carlos Fonseca, Brian Cozier, and Kyle Young. Welcome, guys. Yo. Glad to be here. Hello. 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 <laughs> Welcome, guys. Now, Brian, you're, uh, you're new to the show, so you're going to go through our standard questions, and so is Kyle, but I'm going to start with uh, Brian. Um, when did you start sim racing, Brian? I uh, started sim racing uh, early 90s. My uh, dad got a, brought home a nice new uh, gateway computer and brought home the NASCAR racing simulator game. And uh, I think I was right around 10 years old when that came out. And uh, from there, it went from you know NASCAR racing to NASCAR 2 to NASCAR racing 2003. And then uh, I took a break from that since I started racing at Orlando Speed World and and then, uh, you know, ended up going through college and started iRacing. So, when did you exactly start iRacing then? Uh, I actually just had my first anniversary uh, last month. Um, so, it was something that I'd been talking about, and I needed to get a new computer for it, and had to talk the wife into letting me do it. All right. <laughs> yeah, don't <laughs> we all? Well, it, it was more uh, more of me uh, bringing the idea up, and she just got tired of it and just said, go do it. <laughs> yeah, later in the show when we talk about hardware, wives are very involved in that one. All right, um, how often and what series do you normally run? Uh, this season I've been running the uh, uh, B Open or the Xfinity Series and I've uh, been running the NIS fixed. Um, so I usually try to get on Monday and Tuesday to run the B Series and then Thursday and Saturday to run the NIS fixed races. Uh, what kind of equipment do you have there? I actually have a Cots uh, uh, Lenovo, uh, commercial off-the-shelf Lenovo with an upgraded... Um, video card. I'm running a uh, GeForce um, GTX 750 Ti, which is super clocked, and then I use the uh, Logitech G27 steering system. Uh, G27 pedals, too? Yeah, it's a complete uh, G27 set. And do you have a regular monitor or TV? What do you use? I'd say uh, Hisense TV. Um, it's only a, I think it's a 20-inch widescreen, um, but I'm looking to upgrade that and get triple monitors. But again, it's that money situation. Yep, where wives are involved. Um, <laughs> do you run in any leagues? Uh, actually, I'm not running any leagues currently. I'll be uh, trying to run the um, fixed series, fixed winter league, um, coming up when NIS uh, season ends. So, I'm looking forward to that. And I uh, thought about running the uh, Integrity Truck races, but uh, with them being Saturdays, um, I just haven't had the time to do it. Yep, just to let you know, we had Jacob on last week. Um, he's looking into changing uh, what evenings they're doing the truck series. 
Um, and also they might run short season. So it's a little bit of change in integrity racing league for the truck series. Just to let you guys know it's, uh, details will be coming up for that. So, uh, so that'd be, uh, good for anybody in the IRL or looking to be in the IRL. Uh, what is your most memorable race moment, Brian? Uh, most memorable race moment would actually be my first, uh, NIS race. Um, I went out. It was uh, Charlotte in October, and I said I was going to pace myself, and uh, second lap, turn one, somebody went to the infield, and I lost him in the A-pillar, and they came right back up the track, and my uh, NIS race was over there, so I managed to finish one whole lap. All right. Is that also your most embarrassing racing moment? I don't know. I I wouldn't call that embarrassing at all. That was just a situation that happened, and you know, it, it was a racing deal. Um, geez, most embarrassing. I don't want to think about that. Um, I, I think if we're uh, if we're going embarrassing, it would have to be. Uh, I was running a B fix series at Bristol, and fastest car on the track, and ended up spinning myself out, and then. Um, ended up catching the leader, passed him with two to go, and spun again. All right. Um, and then just a minute here, uh, we have uh, Matt Starkweather that joined us. Uh, welcome, Matt. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. All right. Um, Brian, uh, you have a YouTube channel. You want to tell us what you uh, put on there and what's the name of the YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, if you go to YouTube and uh, just type in my name, Brian Kozier, my last name is C-O-S-I-E-R, and uh, Brian is spelt with an I, um, all of my uh, races that I run on uh, iRacing, I record and post. I do not do any editing, so um, all of my embarrassing moments, all of my good moments, <laughs> um, yeah, they, they all end up there, um, so, and I've, I've had people before, especially my younger brother who watches um and say hey that was a good move hey that was a bad move um you know hey you're a flagrant idiot who shouldn't be racing so <laughs> you know, it's just kind of documenting uh documenting my races and you know showing the progress that i'm making i love watching it when uh we when we're in the race together and i can kind of see how i was doing you know by watching your channel but yeah cool it is now, Brian, you used to do some real racing. Can you tell us about your experience in, in that? Uh, yeah, I ran uh, Strictly Stocks down in, at Orlando Speed World in Bithlow, Florida. Um, started off, you know, I was bugging one of the gentlemen that actually ran the tow truck at the track uh, since he sponsored the series and kept asking him, hey, can I get into a car? Can I get into a car? Because uh, he had a few track cars that he loaned out. And uh, my first race that I ran there um, was in a 90, I think it was a 92 Chevy Corsica that wouldn't shift out of first gear. And uh, I went out there and, you know, I, I ran it as hard as I could, as fast as I could, was lapped, had a blast with it, and, uh, you know, he saw that I was willing to work on it, even though it wasn't going to be something that I could, um, you know, even be competitive with. And a couple weeks after that, he uh, managed to put me in another car, and I got into a, an 88 Dodge Dynasty, um, painted it up, put his logos all over it, and ran that for about a season, 
um, and then had an incident uh, one night where I ended up going driver's side into the wall and that totaled that car and we went to another car and onto another car I think by the end of it um, I was on my third car when um, I had to walk away for a little while all right uh, how come you had to walk away uh, actually, no, I didn't run out of cars. The uh, the gentleman owned a towing company and crushing yards, so uh, cars wasn't an issue. It was a medical problem. Um, it, you know, it, I was running a race and ended up going airborne into the fence and uh, ended up spending a little bit of time in the hospital. And, you know, um, you know, the whole story behind it, I was going into turn three, someone spun. Um, last thing I remember is hitting them with the left front and the car lifted up and it hit the uh, passenger side into the wall and driver's side went into the fence. It flipped over and I was upside down. I don't remember hitting the wall. I remember hitting him, though. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it really goes to show you how how real racing is really dangerous, and uh, and we're lucky that in the accidents that we have in this virtual world that we don't actually suffer any any kind of medical issues. Um, but uh, that's that's a that's a good story, Brian, and uh, glad to have you here today. I think I sprung my finger once on my uh, force feedback wheel. Did you? Yeah, I got a little bit of a hangnail, I think, but <laughs> otherwise, yeah, I really haven't had any medical issues. Maybe some Maybe mental. Some... I think I've managed to get a couple scratches and a splinter on my desk. Does that count? Yeah, I think it does. I think it's part of that. All right, uh, and then we have Kyle Young. And uh, Kyle, when did you start sim racing? I consider the start to my sim racing career back in April of 2009. Um, ever since I was five years old, I used to play, you know, racing games on PlayStation. But to me, I don't really consider that sim racing. Um, I, I started with uh, NASCAR Racing 2003 season back in April. Um, I used to run a lot in the open speedway uh regularly run server throughout the day. And then uh, a month later in May, I started doing some league racing. Um Later in 2011, I started playing a little bit of R-Factor here and there, um, and kind of did a lot of Enter 2003 and R-Factor throughout, um, throughout 2009, 2010, and into 2011. Um, I, once we, once I got into 2011, you know, I, I always heard about iRacing, always, you know, I, I was one of those people who was like, well, why would I pay to race on iRacing when I can do it in Enter 2003 for free? But, you know, I started, you know, watching some more videos and looking some stuff into it. And I started to pique my interest. And I decided, you know, I, I was pretty much at that point where I was going to join. And then I decided to make a little bet with one of my friends in an NR 2003 league qualifying session at Talladega. I said to him, I was like, all right, if you beat me in this qualifying session, I will get iRacing. So sure enough, he ended up beating me. Um, I, that was probably one of the best bets that I've ever lost in my life. Um, so I, you know, I I owned up to my side of the bet. I joined iRacing on July fifteenth in two thousand eleven. Um, so I'm approaching my four year anniversary. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
and you know i've i've had my ups and downs obviously as everybody has but i i absolutely love i racing it's the best thing that i've ever raced on and you know every every season every build every you know everything that we go through just makes me more and more excited because the future it looks so bright for us here in i racing i just can't wait to to get to it yeah i totally agree with you um so often do you race and what series do you normally run I like to try to run um, at least one official race a day. Um, that can be kind of hard with trying to, you know, manage my job. And I also do uh, real-world racing on the weekends. So most of my weekends are spent at the shop trying to prepare for uh, the night of racing. Um, but I, as of this season, I decided to take... Um, go to a couple new series um the past few series seasons i've been racing in the national series and i've been racing the mustang and the grand touring cup um, i decided to try to start venturing out a little bit um so this season i'm going to be racing the aston martin in the gt1 series and i on oval i am also going to be running uh indycar fixed um I'm, i also am still going to touch the mustang and the national series every now and then um, on a part-time basis but as far as full-time um, those are going to be the two that i run uh, i also race in the nascar i racing series fixed uh, nascar i racing class b and i would like to try to be able to run in the nascar i racing class c but i throw a lot of my plate and i haven't been able to compete in that series yet uh it's kind of stinks since this is the this week is now the seventh week of the season and i've yet to compete but i try to throw a lot of my plate in with everything that uh i got going on on a weekly basis kind of gets hard to run everything in but uh i still get a decent amount of racing in on the throughout the week and uh have a lot of fun doing it and i say it sounds like you're pretty busy on it uh probably seeing a few gt1 races maybe some nis yeah, so, I've been uh, hearing a lot of you guys race the iRacing series too. I think not too long ago, I've raced with Mike. I want to, I want to say it was right around Charlotte. I ran with Mike maybe the week before, the week after Charlotte, right around there. Um, but yeah, I, I normally, depending on what day and when I race, normally I can squeeze into the top split. I have been uh, recently. Um, if not, then you know I'll be one of the higher numbers in the second split. Very neat. Um, what kind of equipment do you have then? Um, I use a Logitech G27 steering wheel, pedals, shifter, the whole uh, whole setup with that. Um, I use a NASCAR edition play seat with a main performance PC monitor stand for my monitor. Um, as for my computer, I use a gateway computer. Uh, I just at the beginning of last year, I updated uh, some of the parts in it. I got myself a an, an NVIDIA GeForce GTX 560 Ti graphics card. Um, I updated myself to have 8 gigs of RAM. I put a better power supply in it. Um, I got the standard dual-core processor that came with the computer. Um, and then just uh, the gateway monitor that came with the computer, too. Um, it does a good job for what I need it to on iRacing. Um, you know, I've, I've had the computer since 2009, so I would like to be able to get a new computer here within the next few months. I've got some, uh, got, got a little bit of money to start saving up a little bit more, and then hopefully I'll be able to, 
to look around and get a better system. I like to be able to get a system to where I can pretty much run anything that I want to as harshly graphically wise as I can and still get decent frames. And I'd also like to be able to to, uh, to stream here in the near future if I get that uh, get a new computer. I've always you know enjoyed watching people do it, and I would think it'd be really really fun to be able to do it myself. But uh, the system that I have doesn't quite allow me to do that. I used to. Um, I got myself a GoPro last summer, so I, what I would do is I'd stick the GoPro right behind me and uh, shoot the videos and post them on my YouTube, but uh, I haven't really been in, been doing that lately. All right. Um, you running any leagues? At the moment, I do not. Um, I used to race in a league. They are called Court. It stands for the Championship Online Racing Teams. Um, I used to race in that league for... Probably about two and a half years or so, um, but they have a rule in place to try to keep the competition fair. Um, they have an I rating cap on their league at thirty five hundred oval. Um, so I, you know, I, as of late, I've started to kind of get better um, with my oval racing. So I exceeded that limit um, since I was a longtime member and a champion um, in that league. They were gracious enough to allow me to finish out the season that I was currently competing in when i um when i broke their barrier um i you know i was i was totally aware of that rule and was fully accepting of the decision and all um but they're, they're a great bunch of guys they have so many great races and a lot of fun to race at that league i really do miss racing at that league um but since being since leaving that league, um, I haven't touched any other league since then. I've been kind of thinking about it, but I just haven't really worked into it. All right, are you part of any uh, teams? I am not. I am totally one hundred percent solely by myself. All right. The, so, but you you run mainly fixed setups, so you really don't work on open setup stuff. Maybe except for the roads, right? Yeah, I'm I'm not really very intelligent when it comes to setups. I've I'm trying to learn a little bit. Um I have a friend that races in another league who's been helping me out with some B open setups. He sent me a setup um back in Bristol before this the whole year long season started in B open. Um he sent me a Bristol setup and I was able to win a race in that and then I went through throughout the season and I was struggling. You know, I, I just went I went on Facebook to find setups and they just they just weren't working for me. I was getting my butt kicked uh, on a weekly basis. And then um I I went to him and I was I was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling, you know, you got anything for me? And he sent me a Dover setup and Sure enough, just like I did in Bristol, I was able to win that Dover race. So I was like, what do I have to do? What what can I offer you to allow you to continuously send me setups for this series? Because every time I run one of your setups, I win a race. He's like, fortunately for me, he's like, nothing. As long as you run good with them, that's that's what makes me happy is to be able to see my stuff uh, succeed. So I, I'm i pretty fortunate to be able to have him helping me out with uh, some B setups, but um, you know, I, I'm trying to learn as best as I can um, because, you know, trying to rely on people isn't going to be able to work forever. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree with that. That's one of the reasons why I run the late models is because I, I'm learning how to do setups on late models and getting a little bit better on it. Um, what's your most memorable race moment? Uh, my most memorable... Yeah, um, my most memorable iRacing moment uh, would have to be back in the 24 hours of Daytona race. Um, I had four hours worth of driving in that race. Um, my team, there were five of us, and we were racing in the McLaren. Um, the, the most memorable thing about that race, and that will, I'm, I'm so very proud to say, I've been able to do, I think I've been able to run two Daytona 500s incident free, but all four hours of my driving in that uh, 24 hours of Daytona, I did not have one single incident point, and I actually only had one zero X when I just grazed the wall on the back stretch of uh, the oval. Um, other than that, I was a hundred percent incident free in all four hours of my driving in that race. That's impressive. That's pretty good. I know I had a little myself, but I had, you know, you get in that bus stop and there's a little, some off tracks and that type of stuff. So that's very impressive, Kyle. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's actually, the bus stop was actually what hurt us in the final hour of the race. We were, we were running good. We were in the top five and then our closing driver with about an hour to go was spotting coming out of the bus stop and hit the wall and he repaired the car or they sat there to repair the car and then I think he went out and crashed again. So he finally, he just, he got out, the car repaired and I was sitting there. I'm like, this car is going to finish repairing about two or three minutes left in this race. And it didn't seem like anybody else was going to do it. So I jumped in, you know, my main goal for that race was just to finish. So I was able to do that. I jumped in, finished the final two or three minutes, and brought the car across the finish line. Not necessarily where we wanted to finish, considering where we were running, but um, I'm at least glad we were able to finish either way. All right. What's your most embarrassing moment you've had on iRacing? Uh, most embarrassing moment. I want to say it was towards the end of, like, around the fall of 2011. I know the event was, it was a full-distance um, Talladega Cup race. Uh, it was back when they were still doing the World Tour, I believe. Um, I went in, you know, I did did that race. We were still in the old COT um, Cup car, so if that kind of puts you back around what time. Um, and I specifically remember everything about about the incident. It was on lap 13. I was just trying to work my way to the back. I was, you know, running up high, letting people pass me. So we're coming through the trioval, and I was so high up on the track that when the safer barrier started in the trioval, I actually hit was too high, and I hit the safer barrier when it started to punch out in the trioval. Hit the safer barrier, spun down the track, and caused a big one on lap 13. Um, I was I I was so upset at myself. Um, we did have fast repairs in that race, um, but I do still think some people ended up uh, calling it quits after that accident. But I was that was very, very, very embarrassing for me, just minding my own business, trying to work my way to the back, and then the safer barrier sticks out. I hit it and spin down and cause a big crash. <laughs> All right. Um, now, you do a lot of real racing just tell me about your career in real racing and what you do and, and that type of stuff. Yeah, I also um, 
race in real life. Um, I compete in the four-cylinder superstock class at both Brewton Speedway and Fulton Speedway here in central New York. Um, this is currently my third year of racing. Um, I started racing in 2013 with my dad. Um, he bought the car for me. He ran a couple of races at the end of 2012. He won a race at the end of 2012. Um, and, you know, I knew that the car was a very good car, had championships on it and stuff. So I was very excited to be able to take that over um, and know that I was going to be uh, be able to race in something like that. Um, 2013, I couldn't have asked for a better rookie year. Uh, I finished in second place in points for the track that I was racing at regularly. I won three feature races. I think I won about seven heats, and I also won two Performer of the Week awards. Um, so I was, you know, I, I was very, very happy with that rookie year. Um, I couldn't have asked for anything better, and I don't think many people could for having a rookie year like that. Um, we kind of struggled as far as finances for 2014, so we traded off uh, the car that I was racing to somebody else in order to put me in a ride for the 2014 season. Um, we had some ups and downs, but it was a fairly decent year, won a few heat races. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to win any feature races last year, and then um, you know we're currently working through... Uh, the season right now, um, we had a couple good runs to start the year, but it's been um, a bit of a troublesome year for us so far. So hopefully we'll be able to fix out, get our problems fixed, and hopefully get back to victory lane because I really, really miss that place. Yeah, one thing, I don't do any real racing at all, never have. One thing I've always wondered is how much does real racing and simulation translate? Like, do you learn stuff? stuff for either vice versa do you learn anything absolutely 100 percent, without a doubt um i'm sure brian can attest to this as well um but i mean i wasn't able to learn any cars car and track specific things um but i racing and all of my sim racing has been able to teach me Everything about proper racecraft, you know, as far as looking ahead um, on the track and looking out for trouble, uh, the sensation of racing side by side with people, just the feeling of using a steering wheel and pedals to control a car, um, you know, everything that you feel mentally inside of your head when you're racing on iRacing is the exact same thing you feel out on the real racetrack because you're trying to, you know, figure out where to place your car and you're trying to feel everything that the car is doing. Um, you know, obviously it's a lot different actually having a race car underneath of you that's moving and doing something um, instead of them just sitting stationary. But uh, without iRacing, there's no doubt in my mind that I would have been able to have as much success as I had. I was, in my rookie year, I was planning on having, you know, breaking at the top five around the halfway point in the season. My third feature race ever, I finished in third place. I was so, so, so very surprised at that. And I think iRacing was definitely a big tool in me to be able to pick up on my car so fast because, um, you know, I, with iRacing having so many cars, I went through so many learning processes when I, you know, when I would buy a car and try it out, you know, there's always that stage, you know, I've never driven this thing before. So you got to start off slow to be able to build up your way to become fast and doing that so many times on iRacing. I think that really, really helped me in real life. Yeah, I, I absolutely have to agree with you on that. Um, just the way everything translates over, um, you know, and the the biggest thing that you're missing between the simulation and real world is just the seat of your pants feel to it. 
um, and the little bumps that you feel in your butt. So besides that, I mean, you, you get the feel in the steering wheel, you get the feel of the car moving around you, and it, it really immerses you into the situation. Very neat. Uh, without mentioning names, I heard a little story last night of a Cup Series driver, a real, real Cup Series driver, who followed around Watkins Glen in a practice session around one of uh, iRacing's top drivers, um, the guy that races in the Pro Series, um, and just basically followed, followed him around, and I think probably to get a better feel on what what he did around Watkins Glen to put him in a real-life situation around Watkins Glen. Um, and so, you know, I heard about that story last night, and I thought, wow, that's that's, that's something else that, uh, that he's probably learning something off of a sim racer, you know. So uh, then we got uh, Matt Starkweather who popped in, and... So, Matt, I'm going to ask you some, some of the same questions. When did you start sim racing, Matt? Oh, I got NASCAR racing, the original one, either late 94, early 95. I couldn't tell you when I bought it. And uh, I got a, <clears throat> I went and bought a joystick because I'm cheap, and that lasted about two hours, and I went right back to the store and got an old Thrustmaster wheel. That first, I think it's probably the first version of Thrustmasters that came out. And... Uh, I think within a month, I had my brother and my dad both convinced in buying it, and uh, but that's that's when I started. When did you start iRacing? I joined iRacing in, in October of 2012 at the behest of my brother. I did some online racing with NASCAR 1 on Hawaii, uh, but that was mostly only Talladega. And then I did some online later. My dad got involved in a league. And I was visiting with him for a while, and I did. I think that was NASCAR 03. Um, but uh, then I was out of it and didn't do any online racing. Uh, I did play some other games uh, and stuff, but uh, I didn't get into iRacing until October 2012. All right. Um, how often do you race, and, and what series do you normally run? Well, for the last year and a half, uh, I guess I've been uh, trying to do a fixed and nis and gt3 i'm switching started this season running gt1 really i always love the corvette they up when they updated the sound it was awesome but i could never get the car to work right and uh there wasn't a lot of participation after they pulled it out of the proto gt series and put it by itself uh but i love being back in that car and i just ran one this morning and uh it's a lot of fun a lot of fun and i'll, I'll be doing that some select oval stuff uh, this part of the real-life season is not my favorite part with tracks like Pocono, New Hampshire, uh, Indy, and stuff. I'm not that good on the flatter tracks. Yeah, what kind of equipment do you have, Matt? Now, I'm running a G27 that uh, I've removed the pedal mechanisms out of the base and built a box for them so that they're sort of hanging off of a makeshift firewall so that the gravity takes the lint and dust to the floor instead of down in the pedals. Um, my computer... Stand by just a second. I'll tell you about the computer. Actually, that kind of kind of neat. What he did there. <laughs> That's hard yeah. to do. Too, too. I might have to talk with him about that. I've been thinking about building another rig to uh, hang the pedals on. We can wait till the hardware section. Yeah, that's that's impressive though. Yeah, it's uh, it really wasn't that difficult. Those pedal uh, mechanisms, the main frame of it already has 
threaded holes in it. And I disassembled one, took it to the hardware store, and went picking through the, you know, the metal screws with the fine threads on them until I found one that fit the threads. And uh, that made it super easy. I just had to drill holes for the uh, bolts to go through, you know, and position them and stuff. But uh, it works a lot better. Um, my computer is an AMD processor, 6 core, 3300. I have upgraded the video card to a GeForce 750 Ti, I think is what it is, and I bumped the RAM up to 16 gigs, um, and I'm running one 39-inch monitor, which I probably sit too far from, uh, but that's the that's my hardware. All right. Uh, do you run any leagues, man? No, unfortunately, because of my work schedule, most of the oval stuff, and I think of even a lot of the road leagues, if there is some, uh, run in the evenings during the week, which is when I have to go to work. Um, so I don't get to do that. All right. What's your most memorable iRacing moment? Uh, uh, Besides running with me last year in the Coke, <laughs> Coke 600. <laughs> uh, that was a great race. Um, I'd, I'd have to say being on the pole, uh, getting, getting my first pole in the A car here not too long ago in Cal- at California which I plastered all over Facebook. I was uh, pretty proud of myself. Of course, that's a little bit random depending on who's in there and everything, but uh, didn't quite know how to act being on there. Um, I had a really good season. It was either season one or season, I think it was season two in a fi- or I'm sorry, season one in a fixed. Uh, I stayed almost on the front page there in division two for most of that season and had some really good finishes. Uh, a lot was luck, but uh, I was pretty proud of that too. Yeah, nice. Uh, what's your most embarrassing iRacing moment? Well, I was listening to some of these other guys. Mine are uh, mine are pretty bad. I was uh, through pit strategy, got myself to the first position at Martinsville last year in NIS, and spun the tires on the start. And luckily, I didn't hurt. I don't think I hurt anybody else, but uh, that was pretty bad. And then at Kansas, I was in the middle of the pack and spun the tires on the restart, and I took some people out there. Uh, and there's one other one at Daytona where I was damaged running on the apron and just total mental uh, loss of concentration, forgot to slow down to stay on the apron, and uh, that was pretty ugly too. Yikes. Yep. Well, I think I can say it for all of us, we've all been there. We've all, yeah. I think everyone has spun their tires on yep. some kind of start at some time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it only Wait, takes a little bit of uh, loss in concentration. It's easy to get upset with people, and, I, and I, get, I get upset with myself worse than I get upset with anybody else. But even when somebody does something you know, totally boneheaded that ends up involving me, i got to remember, hey, I've done that too, you know, and, and I try to tell them that, you know. Yep, no doubt. All right, I want to do some kind of uh, cleanup stuff that iRacing's putting on. They have their uh, 50% off of iRacing renewals, so if you're a current member, uh, you can uh, enter in their promo code and get a a one-year renewal membership for $49. And you can do this up to five times, guys. So uh, now's a good time to do it. I know they normally have their uh, uh, Black Friday. Is that what it's called, Black Friday, guys? Yep. Yeah, they normally have a Black Friday, which uh, I personally did last year and uh, redid for a couple of years. So, but uh, $49 for a year is a great price. And uh, 
it's it's a little bit less than half their normal yearly price so good time to do that yeah if you're a long-term member it's a no-brainer you need to this is they do this twice a year i think so this is one of those times yeah uh another thing that they got going is they have their uh, summer referral contest so uh, what that means is that uh uh if someone new is signing up to iRacing they can put in uh uh in their friend's email address that they use for for iRacing and uh that will give them ten dollars is that that correct they get ten dollars and right. then they're entered into a contest for a bunch of good prizes i know uh last year uh for example they were sending people off to the skip barber school and i believe they're doing that again but they have some other prizes i i don't know them all but uh um but anyways that's a good deal so if you're new to iRacing and you're gonna sign up make sure you put in a friend's email address um i'm personally i'm not going to be one of these type of people that says hey put in mine um put in your friends give your friends something <laughs> you know or if you don't have so, a friend you can put in my email address <laughs> mike if you want to go ahead and say that go ahead put your email address uh no okay <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah make sure you you know if you're new to iRacing make sure you put in someone so someone at least get the credit for that so um they also have uh, another thing new too, which is their their global challenge series is now being sponsored by Peak. Uh, so they've changed the name to uh, Peak Global Challenge Series, and this series will actually pay out iRacing credits. And so the overall champion of this series will get two hundred fifty dollars worth of iRacing credits, and and anyone that participates in the entire 12-week season will automatically be entered in to win 100 iRacing credits. So that's a pretty neat deal that they got on for the Global Challenge Series. It's a it's a fixed series that runs, um, you guys can probably correct me if I'm wrong, but it runs the Cadillac and the Kia, I believe. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. it is. Yep, and so it's a, it's a, a fairly easy car to drive it's in the d class so a lot of people can uh qualify for that and uh and uh make sure you you jump in and uh try to win those iRacing credits i mean 250 dollars for of course that'd be the overall champion but try to win those 100 you know this is a neat trend that you know iRacing just picks one of their you know official series and and adds a sponsorship to it i would love to see this trend continue with all the different series throughout iRacing, maybe not all of them, but the key ones, you know, uh, wouldn't it be great if the NIS series had a, a sponsor with some some prizes at the end of the season? That'd be great. That would be really, really cool. Yeah, that would be. But I do think they are sponsored. I believe they are sponsored by NASCAR. Yeah, just it's officially no licensed. Yeah, just that there's no prizes. That's what a trophy or something, you know. Yeah, they're officially licensed by NASCAR, but they're not being sponsored by anybody really. Yeah, but they are going in that trend. There's no doubt about it. You know, you got the Blanc Plain uh, stuff, and for the right. GT3, you have uh, the 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 one thing that runs uh, all those different cars. Come on, you guys. IMSA is that what it's called? IMSA. Yeah. So they have that. They have that sponsorship. They, but they, yeah, they're really starting to get a lot. So it's pretty neat. Um, they also have a, a Mazda uh, competition going on. 
for uh, it's the Mazda Cup. So I'm not going to assume whether or not it's the rookie or whether or not it's the advanced Mazda Cup, the C-Class one. So, but I know it's one of them, and they're going to take their top ten finishers of season three, and they're going to be able to qualify to move on to a second stage of a selection process where they'll be evaluated by a committee chosen by iRacing, which will select two finalists to advance to the Mazda shootout later in the fall. Um, and so the Mazda shootout is real car? Is that uh, what you guys understand this little uh, thing they got going on? Uh, that is correct, actually. They'll be, they'll be able to qualify to drive in the Mazda series a real car. The, the brand new Mazdas actually they'll be driving, and I believe they'll be based off of the the more advanced Mazda series, not the rookie series. Yeah, so that that's it's kind of neat deal. It's another one of those things that I recently puts on is they actually give people opportunities to take their sim racing to real racing. And, and how awesome a Mazda, again, to come in and sponsor this, you know, it's, uh, uh, again, that trend continues. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it is that trend. It's, I believe it's the second time the Mazda's been doing this since I know I've been on iRacing since uh, late 2013. So it's a, it's a good deal. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that uh, peak challenge that they did with the national car. Uh, where if you won that championship, you got to go into that uh, peak um, challenge thing where uh, Tyler Hudson was part of. Right. Like a real car shootout thing. Yep. It's actually pretty cool that you mentioned that because the final three uh, contestants of that contest last year were Tyler Hudson, who was um, – Entered into the contest for winning the 2013 NASCAR Peak and Free Series Championship. Uh, Paul Kashiba, who was the winner of that national series to qualify into that competition. And Christian Payhood, who actually won the competition, um, who also does some iRacing himself. Um, I believe Christian got into the contest um, by the regular selection process and... Um, earning enough points to place himself into the standings. Um, but three iRacers were the final three uh, contestants of that competition. And, uh, you know, just like Patrick Starpoli, uh, Christian found some pretty good success in uh, the K&N series. I believe he, w I want to say he won his first race in that series. I could be wrong about that, but I think that's what I did see. You know, I think I watched the race on uh, Fox Sports 1. Yeah, I think it was K&N West or something like that where where he won. And I, I, I can't remember the track. It might even be something like Irwindale, but yeah, I, I think I, I think I've seen that a race where he won because I, I remember the peak car and everything else. I know for a fact he won a race. I just, I'm not 100% sure if it was his first race. I want to say it was more than it wasn't, but I don't have 100% confirmation on that. All right. Well, we're all about uh, rumors and maybe not having everything exactly right here. But someone will send us something and let us know. <laughs> Correct us. <laughs> all right. And then uh, there was a new short build by Racing on uh, June 15th. Um, 
probably not going to go through everything here, but they fixed an issue with the uh, team car paint shop where you couldn't change the car selected, which is good. Um, another one assigning teams to open practices, handle the case where a team registered for a race using one car in a multi-car series withdraws and then re-registers the same session using a different car, which I guess would be a big problem. Uh, fixed a bug that was causing it to sometimes take too long to assign a race registrant to an open practice. Well, that's good. Not, I don't know if, uh, what your guys' experience with it now is, but uh, as soon as you register for, for a race, the open, the open practice thing is available right then and there. You don't have to wait for it anymore is what you're saying. Right. Don't have to wait at all. Just boom, join practice. Unless you're in within about two to three minutes, then it may just sit up there and look like it's uh, trying to do something, but it's waiting because it's going to put you directly into the race session it's because it takes too long to load the track twice. You see what I mean? If you right. register for the race like five, within five two minutes, minutes or, yeah. yeah, there's some kind of cutoff. But if you get in early, yeah, you can go into practice. Yeah, to follow up on that a little bit, too, I've been watching the forums on the whole user interface stuff we talked about last week. And there's a there's a big outcry to have that countdown timer put back in. There's a lot of people wanting it back. Well, people like the the count. They like the how many how many people are how many people for right? This? And then how many minutes is it till the beginning of the race? That's what I'm talking about. Like, you know, uh, the countdown timer. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of times I'll have my phone by me just to check the time. Yeah, I've personally got a uh, uh, alarm clock that sits right underneath my monitor so I can see what time it is, and it's just for that reason. Uh, speak, speaking of that a little bit, um, there's some series, a couple of series, that have included qualifications uh, before the race uh, as part of the, 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 the race itself. In other words, you go in there and you have to qualify. Well, not that you have to qualify, but qualifying is part of the, the series. Um, what do you guys think about that aspect? Uh, would that force you to qualify, or would you want to qualify because the qualification is required at that point, or would you just not qualify and stuff in the back? Do your qualifying times uh, hold for the week like they used to, or do you need, if you want to qualify, do you need to qualify for each race? Um, Matt, the qualifying times do not hold for the week. They are qualifying for that race. And yes, uh, it's in the Blanc Plain Sprint Series. It was in the Star Mazda. It's in the Skip Barber. Um, and uh, so that I think that's actually kind of neat. But then again, it's like right then and there, when I join a race session, I can see, like sometimes if I'm in the back or if I got a real high car number, I'm not going to qualify. I'm just going to stay where I want to be. If I got a low car number, I'm probably going to qualify because it's like I want to be up front. You know, so um, I'm I, I'm happy about this. I yeah. very much enjoy this. Um, I've done two national races so far this week at Langley, and it is also in that series. I absolutely love this. It it's 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 so cool. It actually kind of gives because um, before I would never never ever ever touch warm up because it, for me it's just another way another excuse to. Uh, get incident points or risk getting incident points. Yeah, drop ass um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but now that you have to go through and do this, I, I, I think it's so cool. 
Um, I have seen so far um, a few. I, I mean, it probably won't be as much of an issue um, at some other tracks, but at least at Langley, um, with the pits being so close, pit exit being so close to the the racing line. Um, people coming out of the pits while people are trying to start a hot lap coming into turn one that can be a bit of a problem um again that could just be track specific um it may not be an issue at other tracks um but i personally i love it i think it's so cool you get a fresh start um everybody is on the same playing field um each race you go in uh it's not like you got to try to uh you know set one lap for uh, for the week and try to continue to to build it over. It's 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 a fresh start for that race specifically. I absolutely love it, and I would love to see it implemented into every series if it gets a good uh, if it gets a good rating from everybody in the public. Is there st- so so what you're saying is that in the national series, it's not long qualifying; it's open qualifying. It is open qualifying. It's pretty much it's pretty much exactly like what they do in NASCAR right now, except it's just one it's a one twelve minute session. You go out, you run as many laps as you want, put down as many lap times as you want. Your fastest time counts, um, and it is it is open qualifying. There, everybody else is on the track at the same time. Wow, that is to me that is interesting. I I mean I run the Skip Arbors. And I ran a blank pain sprint uh, last night. They are alone qualifying, which are road tracks. But on a short track like Langley, it's not alone. I'm actually surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised by that as well. Um, I, I, I like the concept, but um, I'm not sure if I really enjoy the uh, the group idea. Is there still a uh, warm-up session too, or do all you get is a quali and then the race? There is not a warm-up session, at least in the National Series. It just, as soon as you enter the server, it is a 12-minute qualifying session, and then after that session is over, it goes straight to race. And it actually now, it's a two-minute grid process instead of your typical one-minute grid. It's kind of like what it would be like in a hosted race. Right. Well, yeah, that allows people to uh, change their fuel settings or get out of their, uh, their uh, you know, qualifying setup and that type of stuff. Um Last night, when I ran the blank plane sprint, was the first time I saw a warm-up in front of the qualifying. So, I know the Skip Barbers do not have a warm-up. Well, it would would be unnecessary. I was going to say that, yeah, the GT3 does have a warm-up before the qualifications. Um, Personally, um, though I like the idea, because I've always thought that person should qualify the race, the additional time added to the race is what bothers me a little bit. I mean, the, the race is supposed to start at 9 o'clock. We used to start at 9.05 or 9.10 with uh, 5 or 10 minutes of warm-up. Now, you got to include the warm-up plus an additional 10 minutes or 12 minutes of qualification time as well, which is lengthening the time of the race. True. Um, I, for one, am, I like the qualifying in front of it. I have to admit, you know, I that's just... It did lengthen it, but uh, now you just got to make that just part of your plan. I, I too, wish that it was part of every series. Yeah, let's see, see that in the NIS. I'd love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm the guy that never qualifies, you know? Well, yeah, but if you're a car number one, you might. <laughs> hey, you don't have to qualify, right? You could just sit in your car, right? Yep. Yeah, I like it, so... Um, 
Go ahead, Carlos, before I just do this last build thing. No, I just didn't agree with whatever. Yeah. So anyway, the last part of the new build thing on is they, for the late model, they updated the five legs uh, setup, which no one uses anyway. But thank you. It gives us a base for us late model drivers. So um, last week, we... We started talking about Michigan, and we started talking about the crazy stuff that happened with the setups, the car, um, how do we gain a half a second in speed, <laughs> you know, uh, that type of stuff. And so, anyone want to say on how their Michigan races went? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say my two fixed races went average. My my open race was average, but. I wasn't happy in my open race, and I had a damn good car, and I feel like I never really got to show it, so I was just really disappointed. So anybody else want to say how they did in their Michigan races? Yeah, I got a 13th and a 15th, uh, both drop weeks for me, uh, point-wise. Uh, pretty uneventful, but yeah, like you said, there you know there was a lot of stuff going on. I just did, couldn't get a good finish. I decided not to uh, race this week. I was planning on racing Sunday night, um, but once I got out of work at seven, um, I was I met up with some friends, and they kind of convinced me out of it. I you know, and, and when I really think about it, I'm not really a big fan of Michigan to begin with. I've never really had good success there, um, and to run a 200 lap race on a track that I don't really like, um, I. I, I don't really mind missing it. Uh, it's only my third race that I've missed this season. I also missed uh, Las Vegas and Auto Club. So I'll take the drop week. Um, if we had the newer Michigan, maybe I would have thought about it. Um, but I'll take the drop week, uh, enjoy this week off, and then get ready for Sonoma next week. It kind of sounds to me like you got your priorities out of whack there, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. At least for this week, maybe. Yeah, uh I really didn't have a good run with Michigan. Um, I seem to have a monkey on my back this week. Um, the Thursday night race, I couldn't seem to keep the car straight. Spun out a couple times. Never hit anything, but just couldn't keep the car straight. And uh, I ran the Sunday night race and uh, rolled the dice on pit strategy. was running... Uh, near top five, and uh, was involved in somebody else's mess coming out of the pits. So, you know, it was a situation where a little courtesy from uh, an exiting driver would have went a long way to save a few people's races. I don't know, I did a my two that I did was on Thursday and Saturday, the fix, NIS fixed races at Michigan. And I really enjoyed it because I'm pretty sure I could have won both of those races. Yeah, you had a great run. <laughs> Little mistakes that I had, like taking two tires on really old tires, really, you know, many laps on the tires. Taking two tires made the car as undrivable as that terrible setup they gave us on Tuesday. And, you know, just from there, went downhill, wrecked the car, destroyed it after I just lost it by myself and smacked the wall on Saturday. And that was a much different story here. Also could have won that race had it went green, but someone had to spin, but, you know, don't worry about that. And, uh, got all the way up to second, I believe, at the end of a really long green flag stretch, and caution came out, ruined all that, lost so many spots in the pits, 
I had to go from six to second, going down into one with five to go or something like that. I don't remember how much it was, but it was a little shootout between me, the leader, and the third place guy, and side by side of the line, and got me a second, so I'll take it. Yeah, I was in that race with you, Carlos, Saturday. It was a great race, and we had, uh, I think, either 99 or 100 laps worth of green in the middle of there, where I went from about 22nd or 23rd uh, to almost into the top 10 on those green flag pit stops, man. I I was prepared to just wait out the crashing and stuff, but after that long green flag run, I had some confidence, and uh, I think that one is the one I finished eighth in. So I had two top 10s. Friday, that was Friday night and Saturday noon, uh, two top tens after really not being on here for almost two months. And I, I felt really good about it. I wish I was, I, I wish I had that kind of confidence for Sonoma. <laughs> well, welcome back. That was nice. Yep. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Sonoma a little bit. Um, I think with the new car and the new builds and that type of stuff, it's not as fast as it was last year. And it's still extremely challenging. Um, I know Carlos can get around good on it. He's always he seems to be good on around these things. Um, but uh, for me, you know, I'm I'm happy that I'm breaking the 120 marks on it. But it's going to be a challenging. It's going to be a very challenging week, and I'll probably end up doing, which I did last year, is doing everything I can to keep the car clean, everything I can, and just survive this race. Yeah. What do you guys think? <laughs> Brian and I last night ran a practice race. Uh, James Wilms put up a squirrel race. There were a bunch of people in there, uh, some pros as well. And um, it was a pretty full room. I think there were 36 drivers. So it was a pretty neat race and uh, to get some practice. Uh, I was running 120 when I was fast, and about 122 is actually my pace, uh, my race pace. Uh, Brian, did you notate how fast you were? Or? Uh, I'm slow off the pace. I was running uh, 123s um, if I was pushing it and 125s race pace, but um, this is a... I'm enjoying the road courses, but it's not going to be a pretty week for me, not uh, if it's any indication. I'm really looking forward to uh, Sonoma this upcoming week. I, uh, I've i always looked forward to running these stock car road races. I just... The way I see stock car road races, at least when I watch them, it's kind of a bit of a different when I'm racing them on iRacing. They're like extended short track races with right-hand turns. And I, 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 I love everything about stock car road racing. Um, I, I look forward a lot to competing in the NIS um, on the road courses because <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people um, race on iRacing like I do, um, I run very regularly both road and oval. Um, so I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty familiar with the majority, if not all of the tracks, uh, on iRacing. And I I know a good amount of people in that NASCAR iRacing series, they don't run a lot of road courses. And one of the benefits for a person like me who does a lot of road course racing and it, you know, depending on how my race goes, could also be a downfall. Is the fact that we don't have any cautions in this race. So if you spin out, you don't have any other way to yep. catch up to anybody else besides either your pure talent or pit strategy. There's no other way. That brings me back to my thing last year when I did this race. I had a uh, matching times with the leader. I mean, him running one, two up until the first caution. And you know, last year. 
you had to pit twice to even have a shot to keep that car alive because the tires were like grease. They were just so bad. They would not hook up at all and sped down pit road. Got a 15 second penalty. I had to sit in my pit box. So I decided, hey, I'm going to do only one stop. <laughs> Worst mistake I've ever made in my life. It was horrible. Just horrible to drive that car and somehow still got third. Yeah, I'm going to give a little piece of advice for all the guys that uh, are really, really struggling here. Keeping the car on the track. Um, it's not on how to drive fast. It, this is advice just to keep the car on the track. When you're coming out of the corners and you're putting the, your foot to the gas, have it in third gear. That's all I'm saying. Just have it in third gear and... That will keep you from spinning out. Now, when you go into the corners, you're going to want to drop it down to second or whatever. But when you're coming out, pop it into third, and then you can put your foot on the gas. That will at least keep you from spinning it out. Yeah, if you can keep it on the pavement and finish the race, it's almost a guaranteed top ten. Correct. Correct. Because you're going to see a ton of people spinning out. And, and Kyle's right. There's no cautions. They're not catching up. And, and there's walls around this track. And if they hit a wall, they're screwed. So keep it on the pavement. That's that. So that's my piece piece of advice for just just keep it on the pavement. I if I'm doing it that way, I can run a one one twenties, low one twenties. Um, personally, I'm not going to do it that way. But uh, that's because I'm a little bit like Kyle, and I I do run a lot of road races, and I feel I'm I'm okay on this thing. But uh, but I've, I've tried doing it that way, and I just I know that uh, one of our teammates, Lee, is, has struggles like crazy here, and that's the advice I'm going to give him is just pop it in a third when you're coming out of those turns and keep it on the track. I think my thing is I can't be fatigued for the race. I have to be on my toes, uh, all juiced up on coffee, you know, ready to rock so to speak and i'll do fine but it's, if i'm fatigued uh, forget it yeah the uh that session that we ran last night that mike was talking about uh over here it was almost one o'clock in the morning for me to run that race and i just happened to be up and wanting to run it um so yeah, I, I can could hear in Mike's voice last night that he was getting kind of tired, and um, you're, you're going to have to focus with this race, um, just because for me the car is a handful running around here, and then Sonoma itself, uh, for those that don't run the road races very often, it, it's a tricky track. It is. Um, luckily for us guys in, that are involved in integrity, we we get a first shot at it um, Monday, Monday night. So get a little experience in that. So I'm, I'm actually happy about that. Um, bring it. Yeah, let's bring it. Uh, does anybody pay attention to the Peak Antifreeze Series, the Pro Series? Yes, I do. Um, and the only thing that I know, I, I normally don't watch your races. Um, I just watched the little recaps like the night after or the day after on uh, Facebook. Um, the only thing that I really need to know is that Kenny Humpy is destroying the field. That's pretty much Boy, it. is he. He is. He is destroying the field. <laughs> so uh, let me just read the top five here. You got Kenny Humpy, Ray Afala, Chad Lawton, Patrick Crabtree, and Chris Overland. There's your top five of the peak. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, Kenny Humpy well. uh, won that race last night we were in at Sonoma. 
Yeah, I was about to bring that up. He was in there, and uh, he he managed to fly by me a few times. Yeah, he spanked everybody, actually. Well, how about that? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so, I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Chris Overland for top five right now. He and I, we used to be teammates on uh, my team back in our open speedway days in NR 2003 in their Sunday Cup Series. So I want to give a shout-out to a... Uh, a former Young Motorsports team member for Chris. Uh, good job. Yeah, I, it's a it's tough. It's tough league. So, I mean, I'm uh, pretty good friends with uh, Jason K. Miller, and he works with uh, Tyler Hudson. And and uh, Tyler came in the second at uh, Michigan there, but uh, Jason was telling me that uh, Kenny Humpy was the class of the field, and and even though they thought they had a great car. It couldn't match up with Kenny, so he did a good job. And uh, but it's this that series is tough. I've I got to give those guys a lot of credit. And if you ever had an opportunity to race with some of the pro drivers in whatever series you're in, uh, you know how good these guys are. Now, especially looking at last year's champion, he's down to 24th in the standings. I was lucky enough to get into a hosted with uh, Tyler Hudson and a couple of them other guys at Stafford with a super late model with a fixed setup and uh, dynamic weather with the wind switching around and stuff. And I was, uh, it was a great experience. I, I don't know where they got that set up or why they decided to set the car up the way it was, but it had wicked soft springs in it. And it was, you know, sort of wobbling around a lot. It took a while to sort of get the feel of it. Uh, but it was fun to be in there with those guys. I don't know how often you guys get into uh, top split races in NIS. Um, but I normally on uh, the majority of the time I race in that series is on Sunday nights. And a lot of the times when I make top split, Matt Busa is in there and Matt Busa kills the field. The majority of the time he's in those races, he leads at least seven eighths of the race, wins the race. He, he is very, very good. Um, when it comes to these eight cars, I, I, I mean, I don't really watch the races a lot. Um, so I, I don't really know how he's doing in, uh, the actual series, um, the peak energy series, um, but he's he definitely proves why he is there when he runs those NIS races. He uh, he is very very fast. He is. Plus, he knows how to save tires. He knows all the correct driving lines. Um, I raced with Matt in the Integrity Racing League when he shows up, and as of this year, he's two for two. That means he's showed up for two races and won them both. Um, very very good racer. Very impressive, and uh, and you know Andrew Fayash, uh runs in that league too, and he runs he runs most of the races with us, and uh, and you know you could just they're they're impressive. They are impressive. I don't even know how they do it. They are the pro guys. I got to give it to them. They are just so damn impressive, even with the fixed. <laughs> So, is there anybody watched the Grand Prix championships and oh, the aliens? Yes, the aliens. That's an enduring term, by the way. It is. It is. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, there's a YouTube channel called Radicals Online. It's the Radical team, and they have three guys that. Uh, that record their races from their first-person perspective. And I love watching their channel because this is the Grand Prix Championship. It's in the F1 car, which is, you could tell, really difficult how challenging it is. And and these aliens uh, are very impressive, and it's it's fun to watch. 
and uh, they're also broadcast, um, I think, on Race Spot with uh, Will Vincent. And if you ever heard Will Vincent do any races, this guy, he has a future. He has a future announcing racing. I, you know, he's he's just great at it. I, have you guys heard Will Vincent at all? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely that Martin Brundell of iRacing. <laughs> yeah. He has a future. But anyway, the top five is, is number one is the guy who is the best. Probably, I think we'll probably go down in iRacing history as the best ever, which is Gregor Hutu. That's just, not just iRacing. It's pretty much every sim in the world. Yeah. What would this be? His uh, fourth or his fifth? Does anybody know his? Or like four out of five years or something like that? He's on his fourth going to his fifth right now. Yeah, so if you think about it, that means that he will win fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> wow, that's that's no more a hobby; it's a job. <laughs> so anyway, he's going to run away with it. You got Martin Cronkey in second, Hugo Lewis in third, and forgive me if I butcher these next two names. Uh, they're from my homeland of Finland, which my family came from. So I'm sorry, but Ali Pakala. And Aleski, you see Yakala. That's the best way I'm going to pronounce those names. That's just great. <laughs> yep. But uh, we're talking a bunch of Finns up there, so uh, those guys are good. Um, I also want to point out uh, Jake uh, uh, Sturgis. I hope I have his name uh, name pronounced correctly. Sturgis. Uh, Sturgis, yep. And he has a brother, uh, PJ. But uh, Jake is ninth in the Grand Prix and 20th in Peak. That's impressive, guys. That's impressive. Ethan, both. I, wow, I didn't know people did that. Yep, that's that's to me. That's impressive. Hold on a second here, guys. I got a text file I saved when I was looking at driver standings not too long ago, and I'm sure it's changed now. But I, you may be impressed when I give you these stats. Hold, hold on, let me find this file here before I misquote it. All right. Um, while he's looking for that. Just want to do a quick thing that uh, YouTube is now challenging Twitch for their live streaming. And I believe that we've been watching live streaming on YouTube here now for a while. But I believe they're making a bigger push now into the gaming world and trying to compete with Twitch. Um, and for those live streamers, it's uh, it's uh, YouTube is just more popular than Twitch is. But Twitch has been around and apparently really easy to use. So it's kind of a toss-up which one to use there. Um, well, I think I think YouTube, what they're planning here this summer is some new tools that are going to make it super easy to stream. And uh, they have a website, gaming.youtube.com, and you can go there and put in your email address and get notifications about, you know, when it comes online. Yeah, I do know in my software, though, for open broadcast software, there's like a button, stream to Twitch. I hope it's as easy as that. No, it might be easier, but you know, OBS really isn't that difficult once you get used to it. Right, right. I got it. Okay, yeah, right. go ahead. Yeah, so I was looking at this, uh, like what you were talking about, guys that run uh, roads and ovals, and uh, this is as of January 23rd, 2015. Jake Sturgis had the highest combined I ratings. They totaled 14,427. Matt Busa was second. 
with 13,764, and P.J. Sturgis was third at 13,170. That's their road and their oval I ratings added together. How about that? <laughs> now, who's that guy who uh, who does the ovals only, the super lates that has 10,000 I rating? Uh, Ty Yeah. Where is he on that list? Uh, I he don't doesn't know, run road, but so it's, I, it's, it's, he's I, probably ten thousand. <laughs> he's probably ten thousand, right? Yeah, he'd be. He's. I would, if I had to guess, I'd say if he's at ten thousand on ovals right now, he's at eleven thousand three fifty, uh, because I don't think he's done anything on roads. Right. Yeah, it, it's impressive that that those. I, it just goes to show you if you're good, you're good. You're going to be good at at both of them and. But to be able to run in the top series, I think, in both of them is awfully impressive. Um, I, I have talked to Matt about his road racing because I've seen him in there. He runs a lot of Mazda Skip Barbers. You know, I saw him doing them a lot. And I was just like, you know, are you trying to get to a pro, you know, that type of stuff? And he said, it's one of his goals. He liked to do that. I so, think for me, a lot of that comes down to the amount of time uh, some people have to devote to it. Uh I'd like to think that if I had a solid four or five plus hours a day, uh, you know, I'd be a lot better than than I am now, maybe. Uh, but for somebody, and, and this gets back to a topic we talked about earlier with these other these two new guys having real life experience. That time, Majeski runs late models, man, in, in real life, and uh, and some rumors went around about him and his posse and all that here a while back. I don't buy into any of that. I think that's I think that's real life experience translating into and, and having some problem-solving ability into how to set the car up and stuff. I, I don't think it's any of that other stuff. Yeah, I've got uh, Ty Majeski Racing on Facebook, and I follow him uh, with his real-world racing, and uh, that kid's impressive. Uh, you know, and, and some of the stuff that he's uh, been able to accomplish through his uh, racing career, um, he, he's going to be going places, and he's got the resources and the the manpower behind him to help him set these cars up even between real world and uh, i racing and he it's impressive to watch him yeah he was at new smyrna for speed weeks and won a race down there in the super late so and i don't know if he'd ever been to new smyrna or not but i guarantee he was running some laps at new smyrna and i racing prior to going there oh without a doubt and once again, that's how uh, iRacing can translate into the real world, where if he's never been to a track before, and if it's on iRacing, he can sit there and practice it, learn the bumps, learn the lines, um, learn what the car is going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, kind of our talk about what, uh, like like I was talking about Busa's goal of uh, making the pro in, in both series. Um Kyle brought up a very interesting question is is what are everyone's personal goals for their iRacing careers? You know, how some people want to be uh, a pro driver, part of the, the Peak Antifree series. Uh, some people are just looking for as high I rating they can and run, you know, top split NIS. Some people are trying to uh, run, you know, top split road or, or some people are just very happy like in the D class or the C class, you know, so uh, Ryan, let's start with you. What are your personal goals that you have for your iRacing career? 
my personal goals actually is just to be on here and have fun. Um, I've been doing this. Um, I've been doing sim racing since I was young, so it brings back a lot of nostalgia, uh, a lot of you know days spent at home with my younger brother, um, running on the NASCAR racing system, and uh, here I am, you know, sitting down on a podcast, uh, talking with you fine gentlemen, and it, it, it's all through iRacing and sim racing. So I get a, I get a ton of enjoyment out of it, and uh, it kind of brings back those old memories of running at the track and spending time with the family. Yeah, Kyle, it's your question. What's your goal? Well, I think my biggest goal is to just be as competitive as I absolutely can. Um, I. I am a very, very competitive person. Um, I don't like to do bad. I like to be able to to contend, and I like to be able to win races. As I know everybody else does, um, and I, I I'm good at some select things, but I'm not very widely ranged. A a great driver, like you know, uh, if if um, you know, like for I, I did a lot of testing last week during week thirteen for um, for. for for the GT1 series this week at Watkins Glen. Um, you know, I, I started off pretty poorly, but I, I got faster. I got about, I actually got about four seconds faster from when I originally ran. Um, but it was still about like, you know, a second and a half to two seconds off some of the faster guys. Um, I think one of the biggest goals, um, along with being, uh, just a widely ranged good sim racer is I've always, kept my eye on the awards page. I really like that page. I like going for things. I like to be able to race towards things to achieve things. And I think one of the biggest things that I would love to be able to achieve in my iRacing career, which I know only a few people have been able to do, and that would be to be able to win an official race on every car, or in every car, and on every track. I feel like for me personally, I feel like winning at every track would be easier to earn. Um, I think I'm at 46 out of the 67 right now. Um, I believe impressive. those numbers are correct. Very impressive. <laughs> um, and I've just gotten to the 16th car that I won out. That was um, when I won my B Open race at Dover. That was the 16th car that I won in. Um, wow. I feel like some of the cars are going to be a lot harder to win at than some of the tracks because um, winning at tracks, you can take a car that you're good at and win it at a track. You know, um, Winning in a car, um, you know, you could probably take it to a, a track that you're good at, but it's kind of different learning how to drive a car than it is to learn how to drive a track, if you guys kind of understand what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's impressive. I just gotta say that's trying to to do that. First of all, as a goal, um, that's not even something I would have even thought of. But that that's a very impressive goal, and the fact that you're so far along to me is very impressive. Good job, Kyle. Thank you. Um, I had a lot of success back um, when back about. Two years ago, in 2013, I used to run the Pontiac Solstice a lot, and um, the field, I, I kind of took advantage of it a little bit. The fields weren't always the greatest, um, especially when it used to run in the, or well, it still does, run in the Grand Touring Cup. They weren't always the biggest fields, um, but just because you don't have a big field, that doesn't mean... Uh, 
anybody can go in and win. You still have to be good in what you're driving. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I've knocked off. I only have, I think, Circuit of the Americas, Orin Park. Um, if you want to consider it, because it's, it's used with both configurations, Twin Ring Motegi, um, Interlagos, and there might be another track or two as far as road courses go that I haven't won on. I'm all, I've almost got all of the road courses down. Um, it's my biggest uh, step would be to try to knock off some of the like the the cookie cutter mile and a half NASCAR trucks. And I'm not very I'm not great in the NASCAR cars. I I consider myself good, um, but I mean I'm not like anything great where I can go out and win every single race that I or contend for a win every race that I do. So, um, you know, it, it, it would be nice to be able to, to get to that level. Um, but you know, it's that, that's one of those long-term goals that I would love to achieve far down in the future. And I don't see our racing going anywhere, uh, in the, the distant future. So hopefully it'll be around long enough for me to, to be able to accomplish that goal, which I think it, sh- it should be fine. Yeah. Very cool. Carlos, what are your uh, racing goals? Well, I can't pick one because it's been changing ever since I've been here from 2009 on, but new goal, I guess, just to finish a damn race without getting something involved in anything. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that sounds like Jose. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got, really. That's all I want to do is at least get one race without one incident. Oh, that's funny. All right. Jose, what's your goals? Well, I really didn't have much of a goal. Uh, I'm definitely too old to try to shoot for a, a live stint in a real race car uh, because of my racing. But uh, an honest goal is just to, to keep it clean, uh, race competitively as best as I can, um, even though I'm one of the slower guys. And have one heck of a lot of fun and make friends. That's basically it. And that's what I like iRacing for is uh, the friendship aspect of it and the competitiveness of it. And I'm losing my voice. Yep. Matt, what are your goals here for iRacing? Well, I get a little too wrapped up in that iRating a little bit. I like to, I I want my iRating to constantly keep going up. Uh, Someday it's going to level off. Maybe it already has, uh, but I like setting new records with that. I like setting new records with uh, with amount of championship points, which is you know comes from the I rating going up. Uh, and I'd love to be able to uh, to win on every track. That's uh, that's an amazing goal. I think one of the best accomplishments I have is that I uh, I have the uh, award for ten straight I rating gains. I think for both sides. Um, but yeah, I think I rating for me says it all. Yeah. Mike, what are your goals? Well, uh, probably compete competitively, uh, in the f- top split, you know, on the oval racing. Uh, I'm slow as can be, but, um, I, I have good race craft and I, I know how to finish these races. So, uh, I'm getting there. My I rating's never been higher. And, uh, and like Matt said, I'm, I'm really into I rating, my big thing is championship points. You know, I'm running a season-long championship. I'm, I'm currently 10th or so on the board in division, and I think 23rd overall. Uh, I'm hoping to get in the top 20 overall uh, with the NIS Open uh, by the end of the season. So that's the goal, and I'm on track for it. Being right on the front page. Being on the front page for either one of those open or fixed series is a, a, 
is an accomplishment. That's something to to be proud of. Oh, you bet, especially on these long seasons. Yeah, I agree. I'll let everyone know my my goal. Um, I am also a little bit of an eye rating watcher. I don't necessarily watch it that much on the road, but uh, one of the goals I always had was be a 3,000, 2,000 guy. That means uh, 3,000 on the oval, 2,000 on the road. And uh, I did achieve the 3,000 on the oval, which I'm I'm happy about. Of course, now I'm looking at 3,500, and I'll probably keep on doing that type of stuff, hopefully achieve them. And I'm getting close on the road. I'm currently uh, at a little bit of uh, 1,800. So um, that's kind of my goals there i don't really have any goals for wins i'm not really a challenger for wins at this time of my career um i still am not uh aggressive enough when it comes to that i'd still like to try to uh avoid contact and and uh not do that rubbins racing type of deal um but uh you know one of my goals is to to uh kind of change that to start being a little bit more competitive um, and uh, start being a little bit better on that type of stuff. So, um, uh, but otherwise to me, it's, it's all about having fun, making friends, um, learning stuff like uh, setups and that type of stuff, which is just part of the, part of the fun. Uh, one of the things I'm going to get into next is the telemetry stuff. And that's just, to me, that's just part of, immersing myself more into the experience of just having fun with the with the with the sim um and so that's that's kind of my my thing and of course it's fun doing this show and and uh so i you know i I probably achieved more than i thought when i first started on this thing but uh of course your goals always change i'll never be pro uh like jose i'm uh, i'm an old man now so <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll never be able to race a real car um, and, uh, so it's just, just trying to be the best I can, I can be on this thing is, uh, is my thing. All right. Uh, let's kind of switch over into some of the hardware discussion. Um, I'm going to pass this section off to Mike since he's done a lot of research and in, into this stuff and knows a little bit more about this. Um, just a little disclaimer. Uh, I got the pretty much the cheapest stuff I can get to get me involved and uh, some of the stuff I'm pretty happy with. And so I didn't really look that much into hardware for this stuff, but I know a lot of people do. And uh, so anyway, Mike, go ahead. Take it on. Okay. And we've been a little bit long, so we'll, we'll kind of keep it brief. Uh, if anybody has comments as I go through, just jump in. Uh, we're going to do a follow-up on the uh, Logitech wheel uh, we, we talked about last time, the G29 and the G920. Uh, they're both for sale now with free shipping. Uh, uh, it's actually a pre-order at three ninety nine ninety nine US, so four hundred bucks. They do not come with shifter. Shifter is sixty bucks. Uh, of course, they do have the paddles, so you don't necessarily need a shifter. But uh, the big difference is one is for PlayStation and one is for Xbox. Uh, they both work on PC. Otherwise, they're they're pretty much identical. Uh, I've read some reviews on this uh, across the forums and various places. Mechanically and inside and stuff, uh, there's really not much of an upgrade over what the original wheel, the G27. True, but it has the buttons of the uh, Driving Force GT. It does, and it does have some nice 
you know, it's got the little uh, pad up, down, left, right. It's got some more buttons uh, than the G27 has. Does anybody know if a G27 shifter module will plug into it? I don't know that. Yeah, and actually, I don't think it does. Um, I, I, yeah, I really don't think it does because they're, well, at least they're on their website, they're promoting to purchase their separate shifter. How's that? They're not saying that you can use the G27 or anything. Yeah, right. I personally <laughs> believe it does work. Yeah, but in the same token, it doesn't say that it's not compatible with it, so it may just be uh, Logitech trying to get people on board and get the newer shifter. Yeah, we won't know until somebody does gets one and does a proper review. I think the consensus on the forum is this is a no-buy. Uh, and, and a lot of people are like, you know, if you need a wheel and you, you're in this market at this price, you should get the G27 almost. I agree with that. Um I, you know, just, just when I first saw the wheel, personally, I kind of think it looks ugly. Um, Carlos, I believe you said it in last week's episode, and when I was sitting in my living room listening to it, I couldn't agree with what you said more. This wheel is like the Driving Force GT and the G27 had a kid. Um, I, I really, I just, I don't see any... I, I the only really thing new that I see with this wheel are these little blue buttons on it, that blue stripe at the top, and the fact that the wheel is um, flat at the bottom instead of rounded like the G27, and obviously the new shifter. Other than that, what what what's really new? What 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 is Logitech trying to broadcast to me that would want me to spend my money on this new wheel? Right. Yeah, I gotta agree with you there. And for four hundred dollars, or if you're buying the shifter too, it's like four hundred sixty dollars. There's other wheels to get. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, for me personally, um, I kind of like the simplicity on the G27 as far as the button placement. I don't want all of these extra buttons there. Um, I get distracted easily. If you've actually seen me in my videos, sometimes I'll sit there and flip through menu, and I had to move. Uh, my um, some of the menu displays to another controller so that I'm not sitting there playing with the buttons. Yeah, I have to admit, I enjoy all my buttons on my DFGT. Um, I got everything mapped, and I, you know, I know how to use them all. But be honest with you, if I got a button box, I would learn how to use that too. Me personally, you know, the G29 are just better off going with the Fanatec. I think the one Colton uses is a really good deal. I don't know how much it is, but I'm pretty sure it's not that expensive. But, you know, not bad of a wheel. But, you know, I think those are the main biggest competitors of wheels in the affordable price range is the G, you know, Logitech stuff and the Fanatec stuff. That's a good transition. Let's go right into Fanatec, um, which does wheels. But they also have out... Uh, a pre-order now for their version three club sport pedals, and these are going to be two ninety nine ninety five, so three hundred dollars. Um, they're going to be available starting August thirty first, and uh, boy, they look pretty cool. They're load cell; they're not hydraulic, uh, but for the price, uh, they look pretty nice. They look good. I'll give them that. They do look good. I don't know how much difference they are from the V two, um, but. Uh... But they they do look nice. They do. Does anyone have any Fanatec pedals? I got the CSR Elites. Oh, I see. 
Yep, and I, yeah, first of all, the the CSR leads, they cost like $150, so for half the price, minor load sell. Um, I can do, I can buy an inversion kit for it so I can tip them, you know, the other way. Um, I've been very happy with them. They're the same thing that uh, Colton has. Uh, Colton Landis, if you guys don't know who we're talking about. Um, and and I know he really likes them too. So for me, the V3s, well, I would if I were to buy another pedal set today, I would still get the CSR leads. I think for the low price that they are, um, I think they're the best bang for the buck. Now, of course, if you're going to... If you got all the money in the world, you might want to look at the main performance one or the HPP hydraulic pedals or the Heat Pro pedals or something like that, you know, which are a lot more expensive. We're talking um, probably at least $600 for like the Heat Pro and $1,000 plus for the HPP and the main performance. Um, but I think for if you're looking for a bang for buck, I think the CSR Elites, the 150 bucks, is fantastic. Otherwise, probably the clubs, club sports and probably. Instead of going with the V2, you probably want to go with the V3 since they're pretty much around the same price. And, of course, the V3s are new. Uh, one thing I noticed on these V3s, uh, one of the top feature, vibration motor on the gas pedal. So I think we're getting force feedback. Is, is that what that means? Yeah, that looks like we're getting force feedback on the gas pedal. And it looks like there's a unit on the brake pedal as well. Um, which I would be interested in since, uh, you know, if you lock those wheels up or if you're hitting that traction control, um, you know, getting that sensation back in your foot. Yeah, there's another thing that they that they include with these things too, which was kind of important for me, was they, they have the the stiffer springs set too. So if you, if you want a stiffer spring set, you can uh, plug those things in. So I know for me with my CSR leads, the first thing I did was I switched the springs between the, the clutch and the, and the throttle. As we talked about before, I'm in the market for pedals, uh, actually, but I've been looking at hydraulics. Uh, so this particular setup from Fanatec doesn't really uh, suit that need. Uh, speaking of those hydraulic pedals, uh, main performance PC announced today, or maybe it was yesterday, that their new batch of sim pedals are uh, are available for pre-sale, so they're starting their next round of sales. Uh, I am certainly interested. I dropped them into the shopping cart, and I dropped in the Obato Revolution uh, bracket, and uh, with shipping and everything, it was fourteen hundred dollars. Mike's way wow, real nice. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, and I've been emailing with the wife this morning about that. I still haven't decided that I'm going to spend $1,400 on pedals. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, Hell, $1,400 yeah, yeah, for me, that's going to, $1,400 for me, that's going to buy me a new computer. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of money to spend on that, so, uh, and, and I'm still trying to justify it, so we'll see what I do. Let's move on. Uh, the next item on the hardware list is... Uh, goggles. We're going to talk uh, virtual reality for a second. Uh, we know that Facebook uh, has the Oculus Rift, and uh, as we've seen recently at the E3 conference, uh, there's a lot of neat stuff going on around that, and obviously iRacing supports Oculus Rift. Uh, HTC is coming out with their own version of the Oculus Rift, uh, and they've been teasing it a little bit. Uh, they have a video out, uh, 
But other, it's called htcvr.com if you want to go there and check out the video. Um, doesn't really say much about the product. It's a lot of uh, uh, fluff, but apparently they're getting in the game. All right. I personally would not never do that. Um, I would probably get a headache from being in virtual reality racing, but uh, I know a lot of people that do, and they really enjoy it. So I'd love to try it. I haven't tried one. Uh, The big difference, I think, between the HTC and the Oculus is the Oculus is one large screen you're looking at with both eyes. The HTC, the difference there is they actually have two screens, one for each eye. All right. (laughs) I don't know. I still need to... I still need to see the outside world, I think. <laughs> yep. I mean, well, I if it was given one. And, and I guess I'll throw this out to the group. I, I hope everyone's seen the Microsoft HoloLens, which allows you to see the outside world. It, would that ever work for iRacing? I was thinking about that. I personally have no opinion. I've never even heard of that until you just said it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't think the, the Microsoft uh, goggles are kind of more like google glass you know where it kind of superimposes stuff so i don't know that that would work yeah i don't know i yeah i need to see the world i need to see my buttons i need to see everything else i need to see the wheel <laughs> yeah so any of our listeners out there who run oculus rift uh let us know we'd love to have you on and talk about that uh moving on windows 10 is coming up July 29th. I'm sure you have all seen the little icon down by the clock in your Windows 7 machines, Uh, but everyone's getting a free upgrade to Windows 10, and I guess my question is, are you guys going to do it? Uh, I did find out that iRacing will work on Windows 10. Um, There's a post in the forums about it. Uh, The one thing that doesn't work is their new uh, browser in Microsoft. I think they call it Spartan, and now it's been renamed to Edge. But it doesn't actually work with that particular browser unless you uh, uh, do a workaround where you open up the command shell and type in a code. Um, But there's uh, instructions on how to do that in the forums. So just search Windows 10. All right, I'm going to... Being a little bit of a computer person here, I'm going to just give you my opinion on anybody that wants to just uh, try the latest and greatest, including Windows 10, is uh, this is something that I always do. I'm always one of the last people to upgrade because I want them to shake out the bugs first. So I will not be moving to Windows 10 at all. Um, If you're happy with your Windows 7 or Windows 8, you might want to stick on that for a while and just let everybody shake out their bugs first before you upgrade something and then find out something doesn't work and you're highly disappointed. So that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, surely something won't work. You're right. And I I agree with that and wait for the first service pack or something. Well, that includes includes everything that you have. You, You know, everything that you plug into your computer runs some kind of software. So they all have to be compatible with the new operating system. So that's the reason why I just say... You might want to just hold off. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. I've got a stable platform right now. Um, I don't have any real complaints about, you know, uh, interactions between the Windows and other uh, software programs that I run. So there's there's nothing for me there for uh, to really entice me to want to move over to Windows 10 before they can get all the bugs shaken out of it. All right. 
tech preview that they had out. Microsoft put out with Windows 10 and well, for one, my laptop that I got somewhere around here um, doesn't really like Windows 10 at all. It hates it. It's like something's really wrong with it trying to com- be compatible with the laptop that I got. But I haven't tried it on my desktop yet, so I don't know how that's going to work. But as of now, it's not really, really nothing that much better about it. Yeah, I don't so want people upgrading immediately. And, and unless it's like Kyle, who's maybe going to build a new computer, if you go and build a new computer after July 29th, I'm sure you can still get Windows 7, but like if you go and buy one, it's going to come with Windows 10 on it. Yeah, I've, I've been, you know, I've been getting a lot of advice because I'm not really a very uh, intelligent person when it comes to computer parts and stuff. I know, you know, I know a few things and know what's good and uh, what's better, um, but I'm not really a very, uh, very bright when it comes to the whole big in-depth workings of computers. Um, I the the way i see it is it it, it goes back to that that uh that saying and that i'm going to use for this if it isn't broke don't fix it i have no problems with windows 7 i really really enjoy windows 7 and it's probably because i've used it for i don't know how long and i'm you know i just i'm used to it you know i i remember back uh in the winter when i was helping out a friend start to try to get into some r factor you know i was trying to install his stuff and i believe he had windows 8 and i'm just like what in the world is this this is just so weird and wacky it's like i i just i don't like this honestly i just i this is weird and you know and and you guys brought up some good points too um why get it as soon as it comes out and put yourself as like a guinea pig to um to all of the problems that could happen at first you know i mean i'm i i personally i am totally happy with windows 7 um when i do look into getting my new computer here in the near future i would like to get windows 7 for that just because i have no problems with it i enjoy it i i just i don't see any need to get a better operating or upgrade to a newer operating system Right. Yeah. If you do a custom build, you can put whatever you want on it. But if you're going to be buying from someplace, they'll probably have the latest. Uh, but you can probably still find at least a Windows 8. Um, I have gotten used to Windows 8 personally. I, I use that now. Um, and uh, but but like you said, I am not a guinea pig for any software company out there whatsoever. So I will wait until everything shakes out before I do any kind of upgrading if i'm happy with what i got i'm happy with what i got and so and that's even in my business world too you know i don't upgrade unless i have to i i see it as time management uh i want to spend my time practicing i racing not uh working out issues and trying to get used to a new operating system and four on that okay well, yeah, so it's coming into the july so let's uh move on we're going to talk video cards and we're going to talk AMD versus uh, NVIDIA. But AMD has thrown down the gauntlet. They have a new line of cards, uh, a whole new product line, basically. Uh, this new one's called Fury. Uh, and the flagship Ooh. yeah, the flagship card is going to be water-cooled. It's one and a half times better than the current flagship, the 290X. And when I say better, I guess I mean faster. Uh, the Fury lineup is AMD's new flagship. Uh, it, it's both shipping as uh, liquid-cooled and air-cooled uh, for 649 and 549 respectively. Uh, both have 4 gigs of high-bandwidth memory, 
And that's different than regular memory. Uh, and I'll try to explain that in layman terms, but they have the this new memory where they layer it on top of each other and it, and it makes it where you can, where the memory can uh, be accessed faster and therefore creates a virtual memory, I think is the way I understand it. But uh, the, they have this new type of memory called high bandwidth memory. So I'm guessing it's sort of like the hyper-threading on an i7? Yeah, it's similar to that process, right. That's the way I understood it. Uh, dual GPUs, of course. And the, the temperature um, is a huge difference, apparently, from the, the current 290X flagship, which runs super, super hot. Uh, I think they knocked a good 40 degrees Celsius off of that. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, the other line of cards that they're offering are called the uh, Radeon Nanos, which are uh, only six inches long, pr- provide a, a, a high-end service. Uh, you know, service. So these are ideal for those Gateway and Dell computers. You know, those people who buy the Gateway and the Dell, and they just want to upgrade a video card. This uh, new AMD Nano really kind of suits the bill because of its size. All right. So they got some new uh, new cards in there. So you should be able to run triples on those then, huh? Well, absolutely. And, um, you know, if you're in the market for a card, you certainly want to check these out. They're not, they haven't been released yet, uh, but there's a lot of talk about them. And, uh, yeah, if you're doing a new build, you should certainly look into these. Yeah, that's probably something I'll do someday to my computers. Just upgrade the the video card on it um, because on my machine I'm I'm running triples now, and but I can't have everything turned to high and run good frames, and so um, that's something I'll probably have to do at some point. Probably my next thing that my wife's going to say, and this is for a game. So but right, probably my next thing I do, <laughs> like, like the fourteen hundred dollar pedals. Uh, that won't happen, but okay. um, <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, uh, moving on. The the final topic here, uh, which we've had on the list for uh, several weeks, but we just always run out of time, and we, we are running late today. But let's let's finish it off. Motion cockpit view. This is an undocumented feature of iRacing that I would say maybe only five percent of the iRacers out there know about it. Nobody knows about it. Uh, it's in the forums, and basically you can go in your app INI and and adjust some settings to turn this on. And there's a few different settings uh, that are available uh, that that adjust this stuff. Uh, one of them's called Driver Head Horizon. Uh, the other one's Driver Head No Pitch, and the final one is Driver Rotate Head. And you find those in your app INI, and they're either zeros or ones. And then whatever they are, you just do the opposite of. You switch them. So if it's a one, make it a zero. If it's a zero, make it a one. And save your file and go race and see what happens. And and I call it kind of the gyro view where the horizon actually moves instead of being uh, fixed as it is in the normal default view of iRacing. 
Uh, the other thing I recommend here is if you try this, make sure you save off your app INI folder uh, file so you can restore it back to the way it was if you don't like it. Uh, Carlos and Brian, I both know that both you guys tried this. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I thought it was all right, you know. The whole, I don't know why I spun the card, wants to automatically turn it, you know, turn to look at the right side of the car, say it on oval track, it wants to, whatever way you do, whatever way you spin, it wants to look at the opposite. It just drove me nuts, but everything else is actually pretty neat. Did you leave, yeah, it, leave it on? No, I turned it off right away. <laughs> like, you know, other sims do that, like, uh, I said, of course, they're like, if, like, if I racing had, you can have minimal adjustments, not really big things, I think it'd be all right, but it's just either on or off. It doesn't work. Well, it's actually not just on or off. You can do increments anywhere between zero and one. So if you put oh, okay. in 0. 0.5, it's actually 50, that means 50% strength. I tried that before. I don't think it did anything or I didn't do it right, but oh well. Brian? I gave it a try uh, at Sonoma, uh, trying to run around there, and it was it was actually pretty interesting to be able to see the the head move motion, especially as you um, go up the hill. Um, it, you know, your your head moved down with it, and uh, you really got the sensation that you were actually climbing the hill um, from inside the cockpit. So, it, uh, yeah, it really, it really gives you that compression feel. Like you can feel the springs and the shocks compress in the car as you dip down into that dip. Yeah, and even with the the car fishtailing a little bit, um, you could see that the head, the motion of, of the camera was keeping up with that. So I, I could see how it would help you a little bit with your immersion and the uh, even with setups. Um, it may give you a hand with that if you uh, if you can handle it. <laughs> handle that view. I've been running it probably a year and a half now. This view, and I I've left it on ever since I turned it on, and I've gotten used to it. And it really gives me uh, visual cues to lateral G's as well as vertical G's, and I think that helps you control the car better. Um, interesting stuff, and and I certainly think everyone should at least try it and see what you think. All right. I'll try it. Yeah, I think I might give it another uh, a second chance just to play around with it a little bit. See if and, I can and one more it. note, uh, and, and I'll say these one more time. Driver head horizon, driver head no pitch, and then finally driver rotate head. If you just do the first two of those, it's not as drastic that last one, the driver rotate head, uh, I call it rubberneck. And uh, I actually ran quite a while with that off, and then I think recently I turned it back on. But it's not as drastic with that one turned off. Uh, the head will stay, your neck will stay stationary, but you'll still get that lateral G and the, and the uh, horizon rolling and that kind of thing. All right. So I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to make sure I have a bucket next to me. Because I'm probably going to need it. And I'll go uh, try out Sonoma. <laughs> I was going to try it with the Star Mazda now. But I yeah, and you know what? Uh, high banking tracks, you really get a feel for it if you're on a high bank, like a Bristol or a Monza or something like that. Give that a shot, too. You can really uh, get a feel of how that horizon will shift. All right. We'll give that a go. And that's it for the hardware section today. Hopefully that's it for everything. <laughs> uh, almost. Final thoughts. 
Brian, you got any final thoughts for today? Uh, if, with having Sonoma coming up uh, for the NIS, if you're not used to running road races, uh, especially in this Gen 6 car, uh, I would recommend practice. Practice, practice, practice. That's what I'm going to be doing, and just take it easy, take your time. Very good. Carlos, final thoughts. I don't even know if I have any again, but I don't know. Guess I'll give that whole FINI tweak a chance again with the whole movement, and it's really nothing else I can say, really. I'm looking forward to Sonoma, and hopefully that'll go good. Yep, man of a few words. Jose, final thoughts for you. Um, I really have no final thoughts. In regards to that, that, uh, pet movement uh, that uh, Mike was mentioning earlier. Uh, that third option, I also deactivated. It was just too much for me. But I am using the first two options um, where when you're in a high bank, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you do feel it. Um, but that wobbling head part was very annoying to me, and I did disable that. Uh, other than that, I have no other uh, finalization. So you're All actually right. running that view. Uh, I'm impressed. All right, Matt, any final thoughts for the show? I actually got used to it. It's, it's very good. Um, you, don't, you don't really feel it as much, especially with, with the non-implementation of that uh, uh, wobbling head thing. Um, it, it's, it's, it's different, but you definitely get used to it. Uh, I, I, I may uh, get brave and, and try Sonoma. Otherwise, I'm going to start working on Daytona. I noticed Mitchell Qualls already has one up, and uh, there is a uh, hosted with Sonoma active right now for about another three hours. Um, uh, I do have a question, if anybody's noticed it, uh, with the new results coming up in pop-ups. I'm not able to copy-paste the URL for the results pages. Does anybody know how to grab those? Have you no. tried Control-C? No, no, I haven't. I, I use the mouse to, you know, highlight it and then right-click. Yeah, try Control-C, then to paste it, Control-V, as in Victor. Yeah, the keyboard commands might work when the mouse commands don't. Okay, yeah, because the, the uh, URL is embedded in the window. Uh, oh, you there can't isn't see actually it. A, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's up there as the title of the window, uh, but it's not in a, you know, in a URL... Uh, address bar. There's no address bar right. on those pop-ups. If you right-click, right right do you get an option to copy URL? Yeah, I don't... Not when I'm trying to grab right up there because all it's trying to do is resize the window. Yeah, I think what they did is in that build they, they changed those pop-ups where it doesn't have the address bar is what you're saying. No, it definitely does not. The yeah, title of the window the has it, the then. URL in it. All right, well, we'll uh, take a look at that. Hopefully give an update on the next show then. Or we'll let you know right away and uh, give everyone else an update on the next show if we figure it out. All right. If, Kyle. If I, sorry, oh, Kyle. Ahead, hold man. on. If I find pictures of my pedals, which I know I have somewhere, I've been looking for those the last few minutes. I'm going to put them on Facebook on the team page so you guys can see what I built with this. All right. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm sure everyone would be interested in that. Kyle, what are your final thoughts? 
Well, first off, um, I just want to thank all of you guys for having me on uh, today. I had a lot of fun doing this. I've always wanted to kind of be on like a a, a radio a type of radio type show about iRacing and sim racing. So um, it was really cool to be able to do that. I really appreciate you guys um, allowing me to come on, and um, I'd love to be on again in the future um, if that would be be possible i know you guys got a lot of future guest ideas down here at the bottom of this page but uh um love to be able to do it again in the future um if i could at all fit in um uh something i just want to kind of uh self uh advertise um before we head off um i have my own facebook page uh that documents i document every single race that i do on the iRacing service um whether it's official, hosted, league, anything that I do, um, I post up on this page. I do full reviews of the race, how it all went, and uh, the rating changes that I go through. Um, so if anybody out there is interested in following my sim racing, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash young motorsports sim racing. Uh, I, you know, it's, I've, I've had the page up now for uh, closing in on a year and a half now i've had a lot of fun doing it uh every now and then i throw in some little uh some contests and uh hosted sessions and things like that so people to jump in and have some fun on um other than that uh as far as anything else i believe my plan is going to be to compete in uh next sunday night's race uh for the nis fixed um and i will not be skipping next week's race um unlike i did last week at michigan uh so i'm I'm really looking forward to being able to do that uh the road course should hopefully be able to generate some good points for me as long as i have a decent night and uh depending on when you guys race and where we fall in i rating uh by next sunday night um maybe i'll see you guys in there all right, sounds good. Mike, you got any final th- thoughts for the show? I do. Uh, last week we talked on the final thoughts about NASCAR's plan at Kentucky to uh, cut the spoilers off and lower down force, and and uh, I am so happy that they're they're proceeding with that. They did confirm that this week. Um, I kind of hope iRacing does something like that too. So I'm excited to hear if uh, if they're going to. So we'll. You know, hopefully they're listening to this and they do it. Uh, I'm done with off weeks with NASCAR. I, I don't like the off weeks anymore. Uh, I'm ready to go back into season here, and, and we are uh, starting at Sonoma, I think, uh, clear to the end of the year. So uh, I'm glad for no more off weeks. Uh, the final thing is I want to thank all our listeners. Uh, we have over 600 listens on this brand-new podcast, which is uh, an incredible number uh, so early. Uh, we need iTunes reviews from everybody. Uh, that helps us in our ranking uh, in iTunes. Uh, we need more. So, hey, if you're uh, an iTunes listener, uh, go over there and drop us a note and say, hey, and give us those five stars. We'd appreciate it. And always, don't forget to send in questions, uh, topic ideas, that kind of stuff. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, hit us up. I was the first one to make a review. I'd just like to point that out. <laughs> yes, you were. We definitely appreciate that. Matter of fact, we should probably do that ourselves, Mike. <laughs> Can we review our own podcast? I guess we could. Uh, five stars. You know it is. Wouldn't wouldn't that? But would that kind of be like liking your own status on Facebook? I like myself. <laughs> 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 uh, probably it probably would. <laughs> 
probably be uh, against the rules, but uh, hopefully we can get other people to do it. That'd be, be real nice. All right. Uh, my final thoughts are is that we did talk about some hardware stuff, but there's a lot of good hardware out there for you guys, a lot of good wheels, uh, a lot of good things that uh, people are doing, like Sam Maxwell makes custom wheels that fit over your uh, Thrustmaster or AccuForce or, you know, those type of wheels. Um, anything with the base, he makes those uh, custom wheels there, and there's a lot of people that do that. You got you got stuff that ranges from, you know, you can find a Driving Force GT for 80 bucks on eBay to AccuForce wheels that are costing almost $2,000. I mean, you got all kinds of stuff on that. You got all kinds of brake stuff and uh, cockpits and all kinds of things that people talk. You can find everything you want on the hardware forum. Uh, just jump on there. Whenever you're ready to buy something, I suggest jump on there first. And you know someone has it. You know someone has reviews of it. And so that's my suggestion there. Um, but otherwise, uh, you can find us on uh, iRacersLounge.com, our Facebook page of iRacersLounge, our Twitter, iRacersLounge, our YouTube um, channel where uh, Carlos does a wonderful job putting together pictures and 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 stuff for our, our show here. Um, you can find the show on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spreaker. You can email us at iRacersLounge at gmail.com. Um, remember, we're always looking for show guests. We're always looking for topics that you guys want to discuss. Uh, we're looking for any kind of feedback there is. We're looking for that, uh, even the feedback of uh, get Jose a new mic. So um, any kind of feedback you guys got is uh, good with us. All right? So uh, thank you very much. Uh, otherwise, uh, that's it, folks. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us over on iTunes and Stitcher. See you on the track. Mm-hmm.